0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message.
1: Hi, friends. My name is Paul Renner. Welcome to The Home Group. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. I'm so glad that we can be together. There's value in being together. And today with me here in the studio is Maxime and Joel.
0: Paul, it is so good to be with you and Maxime with you. But I have a question, Pastor Paul. Where's dad and where's mom?
1: They are very busy right now and unfortunately they couldn't be here tonight and they asked me to lead the home group. So please don't leave. Stay. Stay with us. It's going to be fun. We're actually going to talk tonight about how to deal with conflicts. What does... The Bible say about how we're supposed to deal with conflicts as Christians. How we are supposed to deal with conflicts, I am sure that it would be very, very helpful for
0: you. But I want to tell you, my friends, if you're a partner, we want to say thank you. The work of the gospel is so very important. And we believe in sharing the gospel with our nearby world and the ends of the earth. People need to hear the gospel Amen. like you and I did one day. That is the truth. And it's amazing to me, if you're our partner, we want to say thank you from all of our heart. Because together, we're really doing the work of the gospel. But if you're not our partner, we want to ask you to become one. It's amazing to me, right from your home, right from your couch, you can help people reach more people with the gospel by supporting them financially. We want to ask you, please join us if you're not our partner. We are really changing the world together. But I want to tell you, we have a series. It's called You Are the Temple of the Holy Spirit. And you can download the study guide for that TV program for free on our website right now. But Maxime, and and of course, you can now also get the accompanying CD series that goes with it. It's all the TV programs put together, all 10 parts, and you can really find out who lives inside you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, I think you'll be really surprised when you listen to this audio series or study the study guide. But Maxime, when we filmed, when we filmed for these TV programs, it was
2: amazing. You filmed in St. Petersburg? St. Petersburg. Petersburg. Yes, please, breathtaking. Please tell us. Well, St. Petersburg, it's, it's a museum. Russians call it a museum under open sky. Not just inside. The museums are not just inside the buildings. You walk on the streets, the whole city looks like a museum. If you ever have a chance to visit Moscow, Russia, please make sure you go to St. Petersburg, but do not go in winter. Because it's so cold. By the way, here in Moscow right now, the temperature two days ago was minus 16 Fahrenheit. It was so cold, but I'm so thankful for our warm Christian fellowship because it really makes me feel warm just talking to you guys.
0: Maxi, when we went to film those programs with, with Pastor, it was amazing because we went to St. Isaac's uh, the Church on Spilled Blood. We went to all these churches. Peter and Paul uh, Fortress, and, Cathedral, it's amazing. And they're adorned with so much gold and so much marble and so much malachite. It was amazing. It's really awe-dropping. And when you realize that what's inside of you is more valuable than all of what we saw there, it's, it's
2: miraculous. And the Greek word is naos, which means highly decorated shrine mm-hmm. that's what you are that's what you are that's what what i am that's what all of us are highly decorated shrines on the inside but also we're offering a life ablaze this book
0: is just phenomenal many people have told me it's their favorite book by rick renner which there's many books by rick renner if you didn't know but this one is a wonderful and it's really if your fire for the for for god has kind of dwindled how do you rekindle those fires that's what this book's about. How do you how do you rekindle yourself so you're on a blaze for Christ? It's a very very good book.
2: May I say something. Of course, uh, Pastor Paul, you said that you're leading the home group and you ask people not to leave. Please don't leave because Pastor Paul he's an amazing preacher. He when he preaches on Sundays in our church, you do such an such a wonderful job and I know people are going to be blessed by the things you're going to say today. Father God, I thank you that we can be together and Lord, I ask you to
1: speak to each of us as we read the Bible today and Lord, I ask you to guide us in our conversation so that this conversation would be beneficial to everyone who needs to hear from you today in the name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen. 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 So, Joel, I'd like you to go right ahead and open Sparkling Gems. We'll be reading today from my father's book, Sparkling Gems, number one. It's a great book. I'm actually reading it myself right now and getting a lot from it. And uh, I think uh, we'll be looking at, uh, it's on February 3, I think, the day we'll be looking at. And you need to find James 3.16. James 3.16 says, for where every... Envying and For wherever envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now, of course, we know this. Wherever there's conflict, other stuff goes on. But here it says confusion and every evil work. We should do everything we can possibly do to protect ourselves from confusion and every evil work. But we open the doors sometimes ourselves whenever we get into conflict, strife, and so on. So this speaks specifically about envying and strife. What does sparkling gems say about that, Joel? Okay, on February 3rd from Sparkling Gems number one,
0: which is a great book, you can read, and I'll read it for you. These verses um these various Greek words in James chapter three, verse sixteen convey this idea. For where there is a fierce desire to promote one's own ideas and convictions to the exclusion of everyone else's, it produces division so great that people end up taking sides and forming different parties with conflicting agendas. That sounds so very familiar. This is a terrible event because it creates great unrest among the people who should be united. Ultimately,
1: the whole situation becomes a stinking mess. That sounds like is describing the times we live in right now, but we're actually talking about this tonight not because of current events, but because recently I was involved in helping out in a very difficult church conflict here Uh, here in Russia. Among other things, I'm also on the ethics board of the church union that we're involved in, meaning I get to be involved in a lot of the very, very difficult conversations that most people would want to avoid. And so I was invited to kind of help find peace in a difficult situation. But I was watching Brothers and Sisters in Christ. The conversation went on for six hours. And in about the first three to four hours, it kept getting worse and worse Mm. and worse. Mm. Towards the middle of the conversation, we were all wondering whether we would ever find any conclusion that would be profitable. Like, will we actually leave here with something constructive? Or is this conflict going to to ruin things for a long time for the specific church that we were talking about? It, It got pretty grim there for a moment. Uh, And I was watching believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And the more they started sharing their point of view, the worse it got. Uh, That conflict, it, it can't, it doesn't bring us to anything good. The situation just gets worse and worse and worse. So while I was sitting there... And and this is truly, this has to do with each and every one of us because we're all sometimes in situations where we think we're right and we're sure we're right because that person is obviously wrong. The other person obviously did something wrong. They just can't see that they did it wrong or they don't want to repent for doing something wrong or they think there shouldn't be any consequences for what they did. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Could be in your family, could be at work. The situations that get to us the most are probably, they probably have to do with the people we love the most. The people that are closest to us, they have more opportunity to hurt us than anyone else. And so while I was sitting in this room, listening to pastors and church members and deacons and ministers, the conversation at one point got kind of ugly. Praise God towards the end. We did find a conclusion. We did find uh, a solution that brought peace, and I give all the glory to God for that. But as I was there, sitting there, I remembered Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 uh, lists seven things that God hates. So Proverbs chapter 6, 16, there are six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him. And the last on the list, 619, he that soweth discord among the brethren. He that soweth discord among the brethren. Here in uh, Proverbs 6, that's listed as something that God hates or that is an abomination to him. In another place in Proverbs, it says the person that loves conflict or strife loves sin. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask myself, question. Uh, And I'm sure that the brothers and sisters, the pastors and ministers and deacons that were in the room, I'm sure they didn't intend, they didn't go into this meeting that I was attending with the intention of sowing discord. They didn't go into this meeting with the intention of creating conflict and divide. That was not their intention. That's what ended up happening for a little while, but that wasn't their intention. So you have to ask yourself the question, where am I? Who am I in this scenario? When I end up in a situation that's getting hotter and hotter and hotter, who am I? Am I the one that's valuing peace, valuing friendship, valuing brotherhood? Or am I the one that's turning up the temperature? Am I the one that's making things a little more difficult to get resolved? Who am I in this specific situation? Of course, I always want to be the one that's making peace. That's just who I like to be. And I always have to ask myself, what am I about to say? I may, I, may, I, I may have the right to say it. I may really want to say it. And I might think that I need to say it. But what will the result be? If I actually say what I really, really want to say right now, what will the result be? Will it actually be profitable? Will there be some benefit in me saying what I want to say right now? Or will it just turn up the temperature and it will delay whatever solution the Holy Spirit has prepared for us? So I have a question for you. Uh, I like to call this the Christian dress code. What are you dressed in? I like it. The Christian dress code, because it's our choice. We make the choice. How to act in certain situations. I can show it to you in Colossians. So please open Colossians 3. And we're going to lead from uh, 12, 13, and 14. Colossians 12, 13, and 14. The Christian dress code. And this is not the type of dress code that you actually put on physical clothes. This is the type of dress though that you can't you can't lose your clothes or these specific items because they're inside. The Holy Spirit is inside you and everything you need in every specific situation. He'll tell you, and you can probably just pull it out of your spirit and put it on. It's your decision. What was it, Paul? Colossians 3.12. 3.12. Put on, therefore. Let's all say it together. Put on. Put on. Put on. on. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. So he's definitely speaking to us Christians. Put on, therefore, as the elected, as the elected of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Okay, what are we supposed to put on? Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. This is what we are supposed to look like or how we're supposed to act in the most difficult of situations. Now, my son, Cohen, I don't know how he does it, but he loses things quite often. Uh, now, when we go to school in Russia, Max just, Maxime just talked about how cold it is in Moscow right now. Our kids actually come to school with coats and winter shoes and then they change their shoes when they come to school because it's rather uncomfortable to wear your winter shoes all day long and they leave their coats in the cloakroom. He has an amazing way of losing his winter shoes. I know, I heard that Paul. He lost his boots. He lost his boots. How do you go to school and lose your boots? Yes. He's lost coats, gloves, hats, scarves. He is amazing. He can lose his clothes. It's like you have to ask him every day Where are your gloves? Where is your hat? Did you go to school in a hat today? Yes. Where is it now? I don't know. (laughs) Where are your boots? I don't know. Yeah, you know, he you know, just he'll
0: just leave school and he he's is a, he's a very smart child. Very smart Cohen. Yes. He and he's 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 in his own world often, but he's very smart. Okay.
1: These are things that you can't lose. You can't lose them, but you can choose to leave them hidden. But you can't lose them because they're inside of you. So it's your choice to put them on. Amen. Now sometimes we say, I just can't. That person can, or that person, or that other person does a great job of it, but sometimes we make excuses and say, it's not for me, I just can't, or that person doesn't deserve my kindness. Here it doesn't say whether that person deserves your kindness, long suffering, or mercy, or not. This has nothing to do with what the person who hurt your feelings did to you or with the, what the person that, in the current situation, your the temperature's going up, the conversation's getting hotter, you don't quite know how to react. There's, maybe there's something you really like to say or even do that you know you shouldn't. This is what you should do. Let's read it again because this actually leads us to love. Colossians 3:12 Put on therefore let's say it again put on put on put on therefore so it's your choice and obviously here Paul is speaking to Christians I, I want to interrupt you Paul because put on means
0: you have to do it. It's not going to get on you. You have to put it on. It's very intentional. Tenderness doesn't just happen. <laughs> love doesn't just spark in your life. You have to have the character of love. Be gentle. Be patient. Patience doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's really intentional often.
1: Amen. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man hath a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Of course, Jesus is our example. And if he forgave us, we can forgive each other. Paul, I like my translation a lot.
0: It's the New Living Translation. It says, you must take make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offended you. Remember, the Lord Jesus forgave
1: you, so you must forgive others. I like that idea, make allowance, because there are times when you would have sure appreciated it if someone else had just given you a little room. Maybe it would have been very nice if someone else had just let you make your mistake and fix it in your own time. Wouldn't that have been nice if someone else would have just made a little bit of room for you to be human? But sometimes we don't do that. But we're especially supposed to make room, provide what, We would want someone else to give to us, to other people. Put yourself in their shoes. Would you really want someone to be talking to you the same way you intend to talk to them? It's it's very sobering when we think about this. And above all, verse 14, and above all these things, put on, once again, put on. It's our own choice to put it on. And uh, in the King James Version, it says charity, which of course we know is love, or the Greek word agape, which is love beyond what we as regular humans are capable. It's God's love. Mm -hmm. It's love that is beyond what we think we're actually possibly capable of. So this is how we're supposed to act. This is what we're supposed to look at, look like, and I call it the dress code. It's our Christian dress code. So I want you to go now to 1 Corinthians 11. Man, we're uh, going all over the place tonight. Well, I like to move around. Yeah. There are a lot of verses that you can put together, and they make sense together. And I know that my father doesn't usually do that. Usually, he usually he just sticks in one place, and we talk about one thing. Now, the, all these verses are going to right. one, one. <laughs> one word. One word. One word. Possibly a verse. Okay. Now, we already said that it's our own responsibility put on. But this idea of personal responsibility shows up several times in the New Testament. First Corinthians chapter 11, and we read about how we're supposed to take communion. Mm -hmm. And in verse 28, it says, But let every man examine himself. So, it's our own responsibility to examine our heart. You are the bishop of your own heart, like my father teaches. So it's your own responsibility to examine your own heart and know whether, discover, uh, how how you need to be reacting in each given situation. So in uh, Proverbs chapter 6, we see that the Lord hates person who hates the person or hates the actions of the person that sow discord. In James three sixteen, mm-hmm. we talked about the results of and Joel. It'd be good if you open that again. We read it towards the end of the program again today. Uh, we see how uh, strife messes up everything around us. In Colossians 3, 12, 13, and 14, we see what we're supposed to put on. And in Ephesians 4, almost word for word, the same thing that we see in Colossians 3, 12, 13, and 14, verses 31 and 34. But Paul doesn't stop with saying what we should put on. He also says what we should remove from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Sounds so much like Colossians 3, 12, 13, and 14. We're supposed to put on love. We're supposed to be forbear each other just as Christ forgave us. We're supposed to forgive each other. I like it a lot when we find similar thoughts in different books of the Bible because that helps us to understand and grow in our faith. So here it says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. So where are you? Where are you in the given conversation? If it has to do with current events, or if it has to do with a work situation, or if it has to do with something going on at home, or if it has to do with something going on with a close relative, or maybe a relative that's not so close. Where are you in this particular situation? What are you doing? Are you the one valuing peace? Are you the one valuing the relationship? Or are you the one turning up the temperature? Perhaps you're doing it intentionally. Perhaps you're doing it unintentionally. It turns out to be all the same. You're the one that turned the temperature up. And if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about, let's tone it down, put away evil speaking, if you're the one that's turning up the temperature and the Holy Spirit's saying, maybe you should do a little listening before you speak. I highly recommend you be obedient to the Holy Spirit and do exactly what he's telling you to do. Now, Joel, let's go back to uh, Sparkling Gems. Awesome book, Sparkling Gems. It's great. Okay, so this is from
0: February 3rd. The various Greek words in James 3, 16, conveys this idea. For where there is a fierce desire to promote one's own ideas and convictions to the exclusion of everyone else's, it produces division so great that the people end up taking sides and forming different parties with conflicting agendas. This is a terrible event because it creates great unrest among people who should be united. Ultimately, the whole situation becomes a stinking mess, and Dad wrote that in 2003, and, and that sounds just like today what 's going on in the world. But pause, you're talking about lowering the temperature, you know be a peacemaker, don't go into conflict. It's very interesting when people who want to make peace tell the other people to calm down. They start even getting more excited. They don't calm down. They don't like being told to calm down, so they get even more excited. But that's okay. It's fine. Decided is a nice way to say it. Yes,
2: Decided is a nice way to say it.
0: I know we don't have much time together left, but I really want to share one thing. In our ministry, years ago, when mom and dad just got started, they were traveling. I wasn't even born yet. Paul and Philip were traveling in the car with Dad and Mom all over the United States in this teeny-weeny car. And every time Mom and Dad would get into an argument, get excited, they would, uh, they, they would have, have a little strife. And whenever that happened, Paul and Philip, one of them, would get sick. Remember, I wasn't born yet, so I didn't get sick. Anyway, Philip and Paul, one of them, would get sick every time Mom and Dad got into a little bit of a conflict. And they started realizing that this is, this is a tendency. And they found this wonderful verse in James chapter 3, verse 16. And I'm going to read it from my, the New Living Translation. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. That's very powerful. Every kind of evil, wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition. And we, we, we made a decision in our ministry that we're not going to have strife. It's too, it's too expensive. If you're, if you're going to find every kind of evil in your organization, in your life, then whatever causes that every kind of evil is too expensive. There's, that's too big of a price to pay to have evil in your life. So it's better just not to argue, not to have conflict. And that might mean you have to be quiet sometimes. It might mean you have to decide what not to talk about in your family or in your organization if those things cause conflict or strife, it's just too expensive. And I really want to encourage you to identify those things that cause conflict or strife and to think about a way how to avoid them, how to Amen. resolve those issues.
2: Amen. Amen, Pastor Paul, you, you said it so well, Christian dress code. I, know I want to go back to the verse you read. It's uh, Colossians mm-hmm. 3.12. Therefore, as the elect of God, full and beloved, put on Tender, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another. And uh, the, this words put on, probably, I'm almost sure, because usually that's how King James translates this wonderful Greek word, endu. And enduo means put on something as you put on your jacket, you put on your shirt, you put on your pants, you put on your shoes. Please tell me. Who is responsible for putting your clothes or your jacket, your pants, your shoes on you? You are. Sometimes we say, God, make me, make me. And the word of God says, you are responsible. In, as, in the same way as you get dressed in the morning, in the same way as you're responsible for putting on your own jacket, your own pants, your own skirt, your own dress, in the same way you are, we are, I am, all of us, are responsible for putting on this wonderful thing, tender mercies, con- kindness, humility. We are, we are the ones to do it, mm-hmm. not Amen. somebody else. That's right. Amen. Well, thank you for this word. It's wonderful. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, I
1: thank you that we could be together. And Lord, I ask you to help us to follow after peace. Lord, I ask you to show us, speak to us, Holy Spirit, speak to each of us in every single situation where the temperature's going up where conflicts arising. Help us, Lord, to be the ones that bring peace into each situation. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.